I'm Megan and welcome to Winging It. It's here that we challenge the common misconception that everybody looks like they know what they're doing. Here we will break boundaries in the industry and bring us together as creatives. We will chat all things creative confidence, imposter syndrome and creative journeys. Thank you for joining and enjoy the podcast. Um, my guest today is Claudia. She is a recent graduate from Falmouth who studied graphic design just like I did. And you now work at Fiasco. Yes, yeah. I do. I am a, a COVID graduate of 2020. <laughs> How are you, Claudia? I'm doing good, thank you. I'm actually on my summer hours. It's officially kicked off. I saw week. that on Instagram. You have Fridays off, isn't it? Yeah, Friday, every Friday off for six weeks. So trying to do new things, stepping out of my comfort zone. I might try and make butter like everyone else in the country <laughs> to do. <laughs> but we'll see how that goes. Very nice. How did you survive the recent heat wave we just had? Well, I think I think were we both down in Falmouth graduating when it was super duper hot? Is that? Luckily, I was a few days before, so I came okay. home, but I, one of my friends was graduating on the Tuesday, and it was unbearable. Yeah, so wearing that cap and gown, as much as I really wanted to wear it, that was the one day I didn't want to. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They're so heavy, aren't they? Yes, I was scared the hat was going to fall off when I was collecting the coin. I was like, trying to hold it on. <laughs> uh, I was quite good, because the lady that I had, she pinned my hat in very very well oh but I did have my photos taken and the lady taking my photograph said oh yours is the biggest gown that I've seen on anybody so far I don't know if that's is that a compliment is that, is that... I had to take it back <laughs> so Claudia could you tell me a bit about your educational background how you got to Falmouth maybe what you studied at school or what made you choose to go to uni at Falmouth yeah so my um, education background's a little bit odd because I kind of did especially at A levels did some wacky um, combinations of (laughs) subjects so um, yeah I I did the whole GCSEs and then went to college and did four A levels so I did graphics yeah I did graphics photography which all sounds like it makes sense yeah but then I did geology and maths um (laughs) so um people always used to ask me okay what what are you gonna go to union do then but it was always I always had my heart set on graphics I just picked those other subjects because they were things that I also enjoyed and wanted to like just have a good time at college rather than Mm. um stressing out too much I mean which we probably all did um but yeah I then took the graphics route and um looked at so many universities as everybody did doing the whole UK tour going up to like Leeds down to Bournemouth yeah Falmouth. my parents loved that yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah going getting premier ins at every single city known to man um and yeah ended up going to Falmouth and I think it was maybe one of the last universities that I looked at purely because it was the furthest one away and we just yeah. kind of like did like a line down <laughs> the UK. um and 
the minute I stepped foot in the campus, absolutely adored it. It was just like a little haven. And for those people that don't know, Fans Campus, it is literally set amongst a tropical yes. forest. <laughs> it's amazing. It's, a, it's got a name that people call it. It's California, isn't it? Yeah, California. And I yeah. really wish I got a hoodie that said that on yeah. it the day. Um, so yeah, I just, I thought, yeah, I've got to go here. Even though part of me was thinking, Christ, this is so far away from home because you mm-hmm. can't talk about the accent. I'm from like some a small town in Lancashire. So that's like just north of Manchester. So getting to Falmouth was basically like 350 miles. So it's, it's literally, you can't do it in a day and it's very difficult to go back home on a weekend. So yes, very tentatively said, I'm going to Falmouth. <laughs> Um, but I wouldn't change it for the world. Like it was, it was the best three years of my life. So mm. learned lots, le- learned lots of different things. Um, so yeah, mm, that's interesting oh, you say yeah. that. <laughs> it's interesting you say that because everybody that I talk to says the same thing. They say when they went to Falmouth, it just has an air about it. Mm. And I, I felt that when I went there, I just got there and I thought. Oh, I feel like I belong here. Just yeah. even, even talking to tutors or just the environment, it was just amazing. I think it sold me because I come from Norfolk um, mm-hmm. and it's over 400 miles away. Yeah. And I thought, I don't know why, but I just wasn't scared at all. Yeah. I was so excited to go. <laughs> yeah, I think it's also quite reassuring that anyone that goes, unless mm-hmm. they're from home, everyone's far away, so... No one, no one's going to be just like going home for the weekend and you're not, you're always going to have your friends around you because it's not somewhere that you can just, yeah. oh, I'm going back home. Um, so I think, yeah, it was, it was really reassuring that we were all in the same boat um, yeah. and soaking up the beautiful sunshine. <laughs> hmm. As a quite of a shy person myself, I think it forced me to make friends yeah. and really throw myself into the course because as you said, everyone's in the same boat. So everybody's looking for people that they can talk yeah. to. <laughs> that they can connect with because we're all so far away I even think people um so I've got some friends that were in like the years above and even now like we've all finished everyone still has this connection back to Falmouth like when I was there last weekend and when I came home I was like oh I want to be back in Falmouth I've got like the Falmouth blues (laughs) yeah I had that already and I graduated this year and even within those few months, just going back for a day, I came home and it was just so sad because yeah. I can be back with all those people again. But it's nice that they're there. Um, Falmouth definitely has a, a good connection when you go into the industry, I've realised already. I'm not even in it yet. <laughs> Trust me, like you will, everyone will pop up and they'll be saying, oh, I'm from Falmouth. It's like, oh, there we are. There's another one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Even at, um, sorry, even at Fiasco, we, we're a very small team and there's three mm. of us from Falmouth. So there'll be, you'll find someone. <laughs> oh, right. I didn't know that. But yeah, mm. as you said, like, as an example, just there, like they do just pop up and immediately you just have that support, which I think is really lovely. But um, how would you describe your uni experience in terms of like, how did you get on with the workload or trying to, well just get through uni I guess on the course yeah Yeah, so um I didn't do a foundation course before I went to uni Mm. and part of me 
I wouldn't say wish as I did, but when I was in like, especially the first term of first year, I found it quite tricky just yeah. trying to just to maybe a bit more like open and having more freedom with the work, especially mm. when you come from A levels, which is quite prescriptive yeah, in terms definitely. of the curriculum and you have to do this. It's basically very tick boxy. Yeah. Then in the first term at uni, um, it was it's quite liberating that you could we just got given a very open, vague brief. Mm. And it was basically to learn the design process. And it kind of like shocked me because it wasn't instantly going into design, design a brand, do some packaging type thing. So I that was probably the most sort of out of my comfort zone that I felt during the whole mm. three years of eating. Um, but those first few months learning that design process has literally stayed with me even to now like my process has changed up and down but I've always gone back to that one that I first learned at Farmer. Yeah Uh, that's so interesting because I thought I was the only person who (laughs) in first year I also didn't do a foundation degree and I got then probably the majority of my course had so or came from fine art backgrounds actually Um, they were really used to that whereas I'd also come from A-levels and not being able to have a clear structure and being given these wacky ways to come up with ideas was actually really overwhelming and daunting. I found it really hard. I, that was, I was the exact same. I used to go back (laughs) to my flat in first year being like, okay, so what, what am I actually doing? I I don't know what I'm, what to do. Um, but yeah, I, I think um, I think it's quite reassuring to hear that everybody ha- everybody has these sort of experiences um, of feeling like you don't know what you're doing, but it's okay. You'll get there in the end, even though at the time you might not think. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you've just got to trust that it it does get better because yeah. in I think it actually took a lot longer for me than most people. It really hit me in my third year, actually. Second year was when COVID hit my time yeah, at uni. But second year, people seemed to really pick up how they were doing, like, generating ideas, how they were working. And I was still sat there going, I don't really know what I'm doing. Yeah. And then in third year, it was honestly like it was a moment. It doesn't suddenly clicked. And I thought, yeah. I know what projects I want to really um get on board with I know what I'm really passionate about I feel like my process has really clicked now and honestly I wasn't expecting it so I thought I'd always feel like I would be in first year <laughs> but it it is it's it's a difficult one because you've got especially in second year um where the briefs are open you can they're mm. also initiated yeah. it's a blank canvas and I think that's when me especially maybe the same with you by the sounds of it like you you get freaked out by the thought of yeah exactly like it can I can be doing anything which sounds amazing you Mm. can do whatever you want but then you sort of have too many thoughts of what you want to do and and I wasn't I was very indecisive I'd be like oh but I like the sound of this but then I also like the sound of this and then I'd be going back and forth constantly my head being like what do I want to do and then you're also thinking okay, whatever I do now is going to impact what my portfolio looks like, which is going to then get me a job. And it's just a lot of, when you think about it and digest it, it's a lot of pressure to put on 
It really is a lot of pressure. I think in the end, I got so caught up with worrying about my portfolio and what I thought people might like. But actually, the best advice that I was given was do work that you're really passionate about, that you can really easily talk about. And actually, when I put all of those other projects aside, it it really flourished and it really rolled because I wasn't doing the projects that I wasn't enjoying anymore because yeah. I thought I was just pushing them but they weren't actually my best work so I always found it a really good technique if you make your portfolio like put all of your projects in your portfolio just as a sort of yeah. temporary version and then just talk it through to yourself with all of the projects you've ever done and the ones that you skip through really really quickly are the ones that you just need to just get out there yeah. get out of portfolio because when you're in an interview you're having a portfolio review you Mm -hmm. don't want to be feeling like oh the project I don't like talking about is coming up next you want to feel passionate and comfortable with every single thing that's in there um I've got a few the few projects I've got in my portfolio I've just made sure that they're the ones that Mm -hmm. I get really excited about and almost have that sort of like smile on my face when I'm talking (laughs) about Because that's that's when they can also get a sense of what you're like. Whereas if you're really nervous, which I mean you're always going to be nervous for an interview, but yeah. if you're if if a project is adding to your nerves, mm-hmm. um, then they can sense that, and then you won't be showing your like best self. So yeah, yeah I put put your most passionate projects in there. <laughs> Did you have an interview for Fiasco? Um, it was it was more of a sort of like informal chat. I wouldn't. Yeah. They never worded it as an interview it Mm. sort of just happened one day I got an email from um, Ben who's the co-founder of Fiasco he was Mm. just like do you want to have a chat and I'd be like yeah sure (laughs) I I just went into it really like relaxed and didn't get nervous at all because I was just seeing it as like a chat about what they do what I do Um, and then at the end of the chat (laughs) he basically said oh would you want to have an internship for a month and I was like hold on (laughs) (laughs) and I was like yes please (laughs) because that's quite an unorthodox kind of way to get into the industry do you think you maybe expected that might happen or do you think that you were really worried to get into the industry when you left uni yeah I I think the time that I was leaving uni was quite a quite a weird one because it yeah, was like the first 2020 lockdown and it all kind of felt like a weird sort of fever dream at the time mm-hmm. and because there wasn't many if any job opportunities that were being promoted at the time yeah. it didn't feel so daunting or scary because that pressure was kind of relieved because yeah. we were all sort of in the same boat mm-hmm. no one was getting jobs because there wasn't any to get so it was kind of a time I took it as a time to just contact and chat with designers on a more like personal level rather than being like please can I have an internship I just was wanting to know more about them and their work um so I got quite pally with some designers um particularly like on Twitter um which that then kind of became the stepping stone into um, where I am now um so yeah I, I I wouldn't say I was necessarily um, nervous just because I kind of went a bit blasé with it in terms of <laughs> <laughs> no one, no, there's no jobs at the minute, so I'm not going to put that pressure on myself to be looking for one. It just kind of happened. I think it's really 
cool that you were talking about um how you kind of talk to people quite casually and you had a yeah. casual chat because that's something I've already realized that mm-hmm. um I wish that boundary was broken that these these people are humans yeah they are <laughs> and they have interests outside of work as well and actually just getting to know the people is is really valuable and it's been really valuable for my connections already yeah I, I that's the one thing that the one piece of advice that I'd give graduates or students just designers are literally just you like you I don't know when that line is drawn like when (laughs) you're a student and when you're a designer like we're all everyone is the same um so I I think building those connections just just having general chats rather than it being oh will you look at my portfolio obviously that's a great chat to be having um but sort of begin them as more casual rather than um going straight in there with the can you look at my portfolio (laughs) yeah definitely have you actually faced any rejections along the way this is a this is a funny one because I was thinking about this earlier and I've been relatively lucky in the sort of progression that I've made but there's something I haven't really spoken about much but in second year when we had our in second year basically at Falmouth you I don't know if it was the same with you but there's like an internship scheme so but yeah in that summer we're sort of encouraged to chat to studios and try and get um sort of internships in the summer because the uni has connection with different agencies and I was really um, lucky to get an internship at a studio in London and they um really I don't know how it happened they get offered me a job for when I'd left uni so once I so once I was a graduate they said we're gonna offer you a job so I was just sort of like strolling along having a great Mm -hmm. time um and then it got to June 2020 so when I finished uni got home yeah was actually preparing to go So this is like my my whole like plan. I say plan in inverted yeah. commas because plans change very quickly. Um, was to go to London, um, but then unfortunately because of COVID, I couldn't. They couldn't offer me the job anymore because oh, of no. yeah, just because they they just had to protect their own studio. So then I went back to square one. Oh no, that, that's such a horrible feeling but thankfully I um spent a lot of time um over lockdown sort of as I said like building those connections to people so I wasn't sort of just down the dumps thankfully um Mm. now here we are I'm now in Bristol (laughs) (laughs) but honestly like in hindsight um I wouldn't have would not have um changed it like I'm so happy here and Mm. especially when well, I mean, we didn't know at the time, but obviously lockdown happened two more times. Yeah. And the thought of being in London on my own in lockdown, I, I think that would have just been a, an awful decision. Um, mm-hmm. so being here in Bristol mm-hmm. with my boyfriend, like that was the best, <laughs> the best thing that life could have given me. <laughs> I find that so fascinating because 
I love that the way that's turned out for you and you feel much happier about it and I love the way that life has kind of worked in that way despite starting at you know the bottom again but um I used to be really fearful of that especially coming to the end of third year but actually once you lean into it and you really embrace I don't know where I'm going to be in the next few months it's actually quite exciting because it just pushes you to perhaps maybe contact those people or apply for those jobs that you actually never thought that you might go for yeah I the one thing that I've got to be thankful about um with the lockdowns is it kind of gave me that time to sort of just rethink about what where I actually want want to be like I think uni's trying maybe not so much now but previously they were so sort of London centric you have to go to London that's where all the agencies are but I think um now there are so many different places and so many different opportunities that are outside of the big city Mm. there's obviously like Bristol and there's Manchester Leeds Birmingham like there is I know they're all cities but um, it's outside of that just one big hub of Mm. of where everyone thinks you should be going I think people feel more flexible as well um, Mm. about that lots of studios are now working from home and in the office so I think people feel more encouraged to maybe explore new areas because you get to work from home. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I know that some people um, in my year, they were doing sort of remote internships. She mm-hmm. was in countries. They were doing wow. internships in Berlin. And the, the opportunities were so much more open because yeah. of the working from home. And it also helps those people, majority of us, that don't want to especially for internships because it's such a small like amount of time you're having to like uproot yourself for a month into a new city Mm. that is one very expensive (laughs) (laughs) and it's 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 quite mentally draining having to move around all these different cities all the time I mean it's amazing because you get to immerse yourself in a new city but it just makes it much more accessible for people that can't necessarily splash so much money on accommodation somewhere Mm -hmm, definitely um there's something that I wanted to ask you because you were you were shown as the golden student whilst I was at (laughs) university we we saw many of your portfolio or your work and I I remember sitting there in awe of your work but I remember sitting there thinking oh my gosh I'm 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 not going to do as well as this it seems like Claudia knows exactly what she's doing she always knew what ideas were were going to work and she nailed it every time I need to be like this so ever since I've met you I've wanted to ask you (laughs) was that the case or did you actually experience creative block that I definitely experience yes let me just put it out there one, I didn't know uni was showing all of my work. <laughs> well, I, know. I see it all the time. Um, and two, um, the amount of times, and my parents will vouch for this, the amount of times I'd go back home, as in at uni, I'd go back to my flat, and I would just be sat there, sometimes crying, because I wouldn't know what the hell I was doing. Oh, bless I'd, so and and I just think it's really important to talk about this because yeah, people definitely. only see the sort of shiny work at the end of it mm-hmm. and finished portfolio and that's obviously what everyone shows on their like LinkedIn yeah. and socials. Whereas behind all of that 
is probably lots of stressed out late nights, mm-hmm. sitting there going round and round and round in circles, thinking this idea is rubbish, this idea is rubbish, can't do that, haven't got enough time, I don't know what I'm doing. And that was for every project, I'd start, pro- I'd start the brief and I would just be instant panic mode because it's, it's the... It's the fear of the the blank page, which I think was what got me. And I think that's what stems sort of creative block. You kind of wake up and you need to be, you're expected to be creative. And someday you just, you just don't, you don't feel it. You you just can't, you can't think of anything. Nothing's coming to your mind. You kind of need to, because otherwise you're not going to get it done. And I think that's, (laughs) that's what the scary thing was. And, and it was also the, the fear of okay when am I gonna get out of this creative block so yes I, I definitely definitely experienced creative block um but the way that I would just overcome it and I know it sounds really really cliche but it'd just be to sort of take myself out of it out of the situation whether that would be like go on a walk or just sit by the beach <laughs> which I did yeah. quite often and it might be just the most mundane things that you just would not expect mm. by like seeing a sign or seeing like a pattern on the floor or some here overhear a conversation that someone was having that might then spark an idea or spark mm-hmm. okay this is what the typeface could look like like could look like this sign or some, something like that mm-hmm. um and that's what i feel like if the minute you sit yourself down at a desk and force yourself to come up with something that's when it's not going to come and I even get it now sorry I could waffle on for ages creative block because I feel like people look at these designers in these studios and think yeah exactly they know what they're doing they go to work they get all these Mm -hmm. great ideas yeah and they make them look nice it's Mm -hmm. it's not the case (laughs) yeah I also find it really helpful. So now when I, because I experience creative block now, um, mm-hmm. you, you like come in on a Monday and you've got a briefing and you're expected in that day to come up with ideas. Yeah. And sometimes it just doesn't happen, doesn't mm-hmm. come to you. And then that's scary because you've only got a day. <laughs> and if you don't yeah. come up with it in the day, when's it going to happen? Um, but I now, what I do is I can see what projects are going to be coming in um, mm-hmm. and I know that I'll be on them next week or the week after. And I just like get myself aware of what that client is, what it's about, and just let it sort of be in the back of my head subconsciously. So even when I haven't even started the project yet, but two weeks before I might be cooking my dinner or I might be going to the shops and something just clicks or I'm in the shower. I'm like, oh my God, I have an idea. (laughs) So when I come to the Monday morning, when I've got to make something, yeah. I've already got two or three ideas in the bag. So it's not as daunting then. So I don't have that. I'll never have that blank page in front of me, which is the thing that puts me off and makes me feel overwhelmed. Yeah, I can totally relate to that. That happens to me all the time. Um, but I had the same feelings at uni. It was the blank page because mm-hmm. once you've finished a module, you then have a little bit of a break, then you start a new one and you're just given with a layout pad. Yeah, and or, it's empty. Yeah, and you're just sat there thinking, I have no idea where to start. It's mm-hmm. it's too overwhelming. I feel like everybody has already decided what they're doing. I've got no ideas. And it's just that fear of I think the fear of the fear, to be honest. Yeah. 
me, oh, another thing to mention is I don't think you'll ever be as overwhelmed with options as you were mm -hmm. at uni. At uni, because things were literally, you write your own brief. Yeah. You don't get that when you're working, which I was yeah. really thankful for. <laughs> <laughs> because you get, obviously you get clients come in and they mm -hmm. want a rebrand or they want patching yeah. or they want uh, some book designing, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. so that brief is already outlined for you. So yeah. the only thing that, I said the only thing, the thing that you then have to do is you've got the brief, you have to unpick it and come up with clever ideas based off of that, those constraints, yeah. which some people think restraint, is that right word, restraint? Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Um, are bad or sort of stop them being creative, but I actually think they help me be more creative, having yeah. some sort of like boundary in place. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't have to be like, this is the colour you have to use. I mean, sort of like, um, we want it to be playful, energetic and bold. And though having those terms just rein me in a little bit and give me some yeah. sort of focus and mm -hmm. a place to start, like a jumping off point. Yeah, definitely. Um, I have two last questions for you. So the first one is, what would you tell your younger self? Oh, my gosh. Oh. I always, I, I struggled a lot when I was at uni with, with comparison and comparing myself. Oh, tell me about that. <laughs> I don't think that's a new thing to hear. I think a lot of designers or people in the creative industry have that sort of mm. problem comparing themselves. So I always loved the quote, Compar comparison is a thief of all joy. Yeah. And if I, I was, if I was able to just print that off and stick it in front of my <laughs> year old put it on the t-shirt wear it <laughs> because I think that is it comparison was definitely stealing all of my joy and yeah I I wish I didn't wasn't in that position in those positions where I just get really worried and stressed that mm. other people were either really far ahead of me in the project yeah. or was looking at their work and was like, oh my God, that's so good. Mine's never going to look like that. And yeah. you just beat yourself up about it. And that's when the self-doubt creeps in and that's will then just be with you for ages. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. I, um, yeah, I, w I just tell my younger self, just listen to what you want to do. Go at your own pace. Mm -hmm. Don't try and be like other people because yeah. well, you'll be fine <laughs> and everyone will be fine. Yeah. It's just people are at different rates. Yeah. That's such a thoughtful and kind thing to doubt yourself. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> definitely something that I've experienced as well. But um, what would you tell your older self? Oh, my goodness. My older self? Mm. I hope you still love design as much as you do now. <laughs> <laughs> Not comparing yourself. <laughs> I hope you don't have wrinkles. No, I'm joking. <laughs> God, my... I've never thought of what I'd want to tell my older self. I'd tell my older self something about their confidence in talking. Because I, mm -hmm. oh, I, I think it might have been stemmed from lockdowns, to be honest. Yeah. I've never had any sort of confidence issues with talking at uni, being in learning teams, being in mm -hmm. doing presentations. I'd never have worries about it. And then lockdown hit and then 
I started working and was having to do client presentations and they became sort of my biggest worry. Mm. Um, so I would tell my older self, you can do this, you can, you can do presentations now, you've got this and mm -hmm. you're not gonna trip up because I look at a few years ago compared to myself now and I'm actually, is my, I'm all right to say I'm pretty proud, I'm pretty proud of myself, I'm pretty proud of my abilities to do well, presentations. <laughs> so <laughs> in a few years time, I can rock up and do the best presentation ever. Mm -hmm. That's some stellar advice right there. <laughs> but it's been lovely to talk to you, Claudia, and to share oh. your experiences, because I'm sure it will reassure a lot of people that we're all feeling the same way. And of course, nobody really knows what they're doing. No, nobody does. And it changes. <laughs> what you might think you want to do in, in a year's time might be completely different. Mm -hmm. It changes here, there and everywhere. So you're all doing fine. <laughs> have it thank you so much for listening i really hope that you enjoyed this episode really big thanks to claudia what a lovely person to start this series with join me and my guests next time for another chat goodbye